Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Program. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'll be your host for the next hour as we talk about this past weekend in racing and preview next week. Joining me in the studio, I've got Richard Uden and Joey Barnes. Fellas, how are we doing? Good, thank you. Very good. Yeah, doing good, guys. Thanks for having me on again. Hey, man, Joey, it's always a pleasure to have you on. I know, oh, you, yeah. I know you stay busy, but uh, yeah, whenever you have a little little time for us, we sure appreciate your insights. So, And speaking of your insights, uh, I know you pay a lot of attention to the uh, IndyCar series and the NTT IndyCar series was, in fact, it, uh, in Gateway this past weekend. Uh, we saw a, uh, a, you know, it's like um, Nicolas Cage describing it. Fast cars and a lot of explosions. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> Please, I just, uh, I, just do that I just, I just Please. had to get, I just had to get that in there. <laughs> I had to get that in there. But we saw a, a, a pretty static race up front where uh, we started off with willpower winning the pole, uh, you know, record matching pole. He's now uh, tied with Mario Andretti for the most pole positions ever in the IndyCar series with 67 pole positions. So heck of an accomplishment there. And he pretty much dominated the race until we had a little bit of a, uh, a differing strategy. Now, now Joey, um, the, the call to leave willpower out depends on who you ask if Penske was trying to split strategy or if will just will's team just missed the opportunity to get in right when the pits were open and, and they just flubbed it on their own. So what are you, what are you kind of hearing on that? Because the whole, the, the net effect is that it put McLaughlin and, and new garden out front and it put power well behind. I mean, if we know anything about Penske, it's they know how to cover their bases, right? So I, I think it was a split strategy, uh, just kind of looking at the details of what they were trying to pull. But, um, I, you know, that would be the initial caution that really shook things up because it was a willpower runaway for the opening stanza of that race. I mean, literally the opening half, willpower led 128 laps, a race high out of the 260 that were run. Um, and then after the the contact in turn four with Jack Harvey, a caution comes out the literally the first one didn't hit till 145. And uh, that's, you got new garden and, and McLaughlin coming in and it showed really quickly and in a very unique way that fresh tires matter at gateway, almost the same way that you'd look at them like a worldwide technology raceway. I'm sorry. forgot that, that we got to rename it. <laughs> but, uh but, you know, like I, I look at it and it was reminiscent of a race at old Atlanta or, or Darlington with the, with the way the tire mm-hmm. wear was, uh, there was just such a, 
a supreme yep. notion of that. And it was pleasant to see too, because it, it really wasn't something we had seen the entire weekend up to that point. I know that there was in a Texas light special session um, the, the day before to kind of see what we could do with the second lane, nine cars went out to, to uh, try to run it and, and widen that groove similar to Texas earlier this year. And it wasn't really that racy in the opening part of it. And then the rain came or sorry, then the, then the strategy happened. New garden drove through the field beautifully, but then it was kind of, you know, and also ran still because it was about pace and front and track position. But uh, after that rain hit, I tell you, and this thing turned into a night race. I mean, it makes me wonder why we're not running that race at, at seven or eight o'clock at night instead of uh, trying to push up the start. I know because of weather, but we still screwed ourselves on that. And we're trying <laughs> to do it earlier at, at five o'clock central time. Why not run it at seven o'clock central time? Because I, I tell you, the race got electric after that. I mean, granted, a lot of that's due to David Malukas and Takuma Sato flying through the field and, uh, and you know, to that other end the teams that took fresh tires on that last pit stop after the, after we resumed the race, the Marcus Erickson's, the Dixon's, the Pelos, literally Chip Ganassi racing couldn't really do anything with it, which was kind of surprising after what we'd seen earlier, the rain getting washed off the track or washing the rubber off the track a little bit. You'd figure that we were in store for a little bit more passing from that end uh, with fresh tires. So it was interesting that that was kind of a neutralizer, but it kind of speaks volumes to the fact that certain cars were able to come come to life under the lights. One of those being Newgarden, who took the lead from McLaughlin uh, right there, just a lap after the, the resumption of the race. And then we saw Malukas do some really special stuff that, I mean, literally just, I said it earlier on, uh, on social media, was the fact that he reminds me of a younger uh, Joseph Newgarden, just reminiscent of what Joseph was at Ed Carpenter Racing, at Sarah Fisher-Hartman Racing. There's just that personality, that quickness, that speed you see. And, I, you know, Joseph 2.0 looks like he's destined to be a Penske driver unless HMD wants to uh, have a little heavier investment in the series later on, which keep in mind HMD is Malukas' dad's, uh, company, you know, race team. So I think that uh, I don't want to say a star is born because that'd be a little uh, – not, not too fair to the rest of the guys, but let's just say that we finally got to see what, uh, what some of these rookie classes are made of with what Lungard has done, with what Malukas has done. And now we're kind of waiting to see what, and Calamila too at a Yunkos. And we all know we hear about Kyle Kirkwood's talent and we just, we don't know how much of that's due to, to AJ Foyt racing or how much of that's just due to, to, you know, certain circumstances outside of the control because this series is so tough. So we'll get that answer next year at Andretti for sure, unless something changes in the last two weeks. But this is a really fun race at Gateway once we got <laughs> resumed. Um, the championship picture shaken up quite a bit. Um, I, I, I joked and said it's kind of a tale of, of five different drivers on the championship. So, um, you know, I mean, from the consistency of Will Power, who's literally driving as flawless as we've ever seen him drive, maybe the best we've ever seen him drive in his entire career. The consistency has got him as a championship leader, New Garden. He either wins or he, or he finishes pretty far back, and he's right there in second. He's got the NASCAR style of uh, win in advance kind of uh, pace going on. And then you look at Dixon being Dixon. You look at Pelot, no wins this year. All the off-season drama you could, or all the off-the-track drama you could hope to have for a single driver, reigning champion, kind of cast it out even by his own team in some so many ways. But he's still right there in the thick of this thing. And I mean, it's just, you know, and McLaughlin's come on, um, you know, it's just not to mention Pato's pace as well, and Marcus Erickson 
Um, it, it literally is still probably a five horse race with two rounds to go. And in any way you shake it, it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah. I, I just wanted to circle back onto something you, you mentioned earlier there, Joey. Um, the concept of this split strategy that Penske uh, ran. Now I know it all got a little bit sort of mixed up because there's some guys out there obviously taking a gamble to, you know, to try and just get in the optimum strategy at half distance in case it started to rain and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I, I've been looking in my career to work with some damn good strategy engineers over the years. And um, one of the things that I was always drummed into me is never do a split strategy because you're always going to be wrong with one of them. Always strategize your individual car on its best merits. You should never, unless there's very extreme circumstances, should you try and influence a race between two cars with different split strategies? Um you know, and, and, and I really hope that isn't what happened here because, you know, then, you, then who gets, you know, every strategy has an optimal strategy. And I'll guarantee you Penske will have some of the most advanced strategy analysis tools available um, in the series. Well, uh, and, and, and they will have had a percentage, you know, win ratio for each strategy available. And if they deliberately picked a less than optimal strategy, for any of the drivers, I, I think it really, you know, is a pretty poor play on their part, really. Well, let me let me devil's advocate you on that real quick, if I may. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't necessarily disagree with you because I do think that that's the mindset that needs to be had. But I'll, I'll go and, and do a twofold here. As I was saying earlier, the, the entire weekend, we hadn't really been shown a hand that the track was going to be – aggressive with fresh tires um you know and and as we you you know this you've seen indycar racing for for a, quite a long while and with this universal aero kit that we have the number one supreme thing that it hasn't i mean it, it's almost as as guaranteed as death and taxes right is uh is the fact that track position is king because it's so hard to pass in this series so when you look at the fact that power that willpower had clean air fresh you know clean air out front led all the way through it was more or less a one groove racetrack because even then keep in mind the opening 140 laps of that race we didn't really have a ton of comers and goers the only way that one person showed they could do anything was because felix rosenquist got uh, got a hell of a uh, start of the race oh yeah charging on the outside line but once he fell in line he is pretty much stuck there so I, part of it, I think I, I wouldn't, I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised if it was a split strategy, because if you're new Gardner McLaughlin, you're already behind. What have you got to lose? But in this case of will, I mean, the track hadn't shown anything. Why not? So I'm not going to disagree that with you that about the split strategy thing, because certainly, you know, come one, come all uh, Ganassi played by that boat. And honestly, all Ganassi guys got burned late. Um, you know, I mean, they, they were in a pretty comfortable spot to, to do some damage, but it was kind of astonishing to see that they couldn't really advance even in the top five, if I remember right. So, um, oh, for, for sure. No, and, and but I think what it what, what happens is when you split the strategy from a driver's standpoint, favoritism. Well, favoritism, but also one of the, the driver is going to think, well, am I, am I on the optimum strategy here? Which strategy am I on? You know, if they put me on the strategy to win the race or the strategy not to lose the race, or 
you know, where do I sit? And I think the driver's mentality is they want to know all the time that you've been given a strategy to win the race here. Not, well, well, we don't really know what to do. So, you know, and obviously there are circumstances where that plays out. You know, wet races, uh, you know, some of these crazy races where, you know, the strategy goes out the window a little bit. But, you know, it was what I would call gate or sorry, worldwide technology raceway. Um, that race uh, was a pretty stock IndyCar, you know, short trip, you know, mile and a quarter, whatever it is, oval race. You know, there was nothing there that's going to cause the only little thing was I said this racing to half distance. But outside of that, you know, I, I think that you've got to do what your tools tell you, and you invest hundreds of thousands if not maybe in a team like Penske's case millions of dollars a year in these software tools which despite what people say are pretty damn accurate if you follow them over the course of a season you know the 15 17 18 races whatever it is if you follow these strategy tools over the course of the season you will come out on top you know almost you know by, by a significant margin compared to some of these, you know, winging it calls that some strategists like to make. So, yeah, from a driver's standpoint, their their mentality will be, well, what am I on here? Am I on the best strategy? You know, and I think that that backs the drivers into a corner a little bit and can can sort of dampen their enthusiasm, as it were. I, I'll, I'll tell you this, too, to, to kind of echo a little bit of your point. When you look at, at everybody's pit stop sequences, there's only only two drivers made three stops in that race and finished in the top 10. Pato Award fourth, Will Power sixth. Everybody else in the top 10 that finished in the top 10, top 11 actually, made four stops. So I found that interesting, the fact that, yeah, they got a little bit more tire extension out of their stuff. And, yeah, they were still able to get a solid finish. But it makes you wonder how how different the pace would have been managed had that been a different story if they were all on the same same strategy and it's just because that yeah. lap 145 hiccup um i want to throw you this though i, I this is going to sound so hopefully this doesn't sound too, too bullish because i'm not in that kind of a mood tonight um <laughs> oh come on but uh <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure i'll make a comment at some point all i gotta say is Will Power goes in there with an eight-point lead. He leaves with a three-point lead. Doesn't matter who's second. At the end of the day, he's still leaving with the lead. And there is such a calm, just cerebral way about him right now, something that I've never seen in the last decade I've covered IndyCar. I've never seen Will this cerebral. I don't think he's gives one iota about anything right now. He's just in his own mm-hmm. zone in his own frame of mind. He's like, okay, on to Portland. All right, we go again. Like it just, yep. and, and you know what? I love it because while his mentality is that new gardens are fired up, I want to win them all. And yep. you know, Dixon's Dixon. Right. And, and yeah. look, I mean, I, I can't even get over. I don't, I wish I had it in front of me to, to, to share. Cause I had a, a whole list of the top six, but like I've said this to a few friends of mine, We've been dreaming so long in, in IndyCar for a willpower versus Scott Dixon, like even in a race, mono a mono race. But now we're getting a willpower Scott Dixon championship battle. And somewhere in there is Joseph Newgarden, who, whether people want to accept it or not, we should probably, if he continues this, this continued ascension within his career, 
he's going to be the Dixons and the powers of the world in the next 10 years. I mean, he is on mm -hmm. a, a rise. He is one of the most consistent. You, if you want to win that race that weekend, you know, you're going to have to run through that team. And he has always consistently been up there in the top three, the last handful of years since joining Penske. I think he's only finished outside of the top three once. Um, maybe not at all. I'd have to double check that, but you know, it's just unreal the amount that he's extracted from himself during this run. And so while we're all talking about Will and we're all talking about people were talking about Rossi a handful of years ago, Dixon being Dixon, it's New Garden. And let's not forget a couple of years ago, they were split on championships since New Garden entered the IndyCar series. Mm -hmm. They both had drawn level at two championships apiece. And it was that deciding factor in 2020 that really kind of tipped the scales Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, in, in Dixon's favor, but, or maybe it was, yeah, I think it was 2020, but you, you just, you look at all this and it's the three best drivers the last handful of years and power at his best Dixon doing what Dixon does and new garden currently hitting another level. I mean, this is the best championship that I can remember. Yeah. I mean, you know, it makes you wonder how different it would have looked if Dixon actually sealed Indy and you know, that's oh, I, he would have, yeah. I mean, how many points did that cost him? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the show, didn't we, Frank? You know, he he was he was one mile an hour away from sealing with having this title signed, sealed, and, and delivered by now. Yeah, and it, and it would have been virtually over at this point, no matter how oh, good yeah. power his consistency has been. There's a disgusting stat on power this year. He's only finished outside of the top four yeah. like three times, Un just unreal pace. So. Yeah, no, certainly. I mean, you know, we all looked at it. He had that little slump a couple of years ago, didn't he? Oh, not slump. I mean, goodness me, relative slump. Um, and uh, yeah, we all sort of looked at it and it was, um, you know, well, where's he going to go? But no, it was, um, you know, it's been impressive for sure what he's, what he's, you know, managed to get that sort of second win that towards the end of his, his career. And you, you've got to take your hat off to him for sure. It's, it, it's the guy we've always wanted to see, isn't it? Like this, yeah. this guy who, who finally has seemed to have found himself in, in another way. Like, look, he's always yeah. been who he is, but, you know, and I don't know what he did over the offseason to change things, but he feels so at peace with himself that he's yeah, just sort of full attack. Dare we, dare we say the Zen willpower? Oh, <laughs> yeah. It'll be Zen until, well, I don't know. We almost got an unzen willpower at Road America. <laughs> almost, yeah, yeah. But he, I mean, he has been quite spectacular this year. And, wildly consistent which is again really good to see um because i mean people like like you said people ready to write him off uh not that long ago but i did want to i did want to step back to the strategy for a little bit because i've got something in the back of my mind regarding that strategy whereas they were looking for the rain and yeah. and perhaps that keeping power out 
because he had the track position was maybe the call they wanted to make there uh, in anticipation that maybe this race wouldn't go back to green. Uh, but I certainly didn't expect McLaughlin and uh, Newgarden to be so fast on the new tires that they just carved right through the field. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, and, you know, I mean, it speaks volumes, too, to later in the race when we saw Malukas. Malukas, if he goes to the high line, just just two laps sooner, like with four to go instead of with two to go, we might be talking about a different winner. We might be talking about a first-time winner. I mean, which, on that note, what the hell does Dale Coyne Racing got to do to get a win at Gateway? I mean, you think back to board A and how quick Ferrucci was in those cars, and now you look at, you know, Takuma this weekend and Malukas this weekend, it's like – despite the engineering turnover in there. Um, and then, you know, Grosjean being quick as hell last year there too, in a, in a coin car. I, I just, I don't know what they got to do to get a W there, but man, I think uh, Christopher Hardy, who's usually on this show too, and who writes with us at tobychristie.com was, uh, there was a mention, this is the fourth oval podium ever for Dale Coyne racing. So um, just kind of remarkable in that sense. Yeah, because they've got a, uh, at least one oval win, right? Wilson won at Texas several years ago. Correct. Yep. 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 So. And Ed Jones being the most frequent oval um, oval podium, if I remember right, back in, in Indy. I think that was the other one. I don't know if there was one in between, but I'd have to double check. But, yeah. But to your point, yeah, rain was coming. That's another reason to leave Will out. I know I keep getting off subject. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, that's fine. So, all right. So, uh, yeah, we talked about Malukas, talked about power. Um, yeah. So, we are, we got, what, a couple of weeks off before we go to Portland, or were we, were we heading right there? Uh, no, just this weekend off, and then we're in Portland for Labor Day weekend. Right, right. So, yeah, that'll be exciting. Um, you know, Portland always a interesting track. You know, I still don't know why they don't skip that festival curve on, on lap one. Uh, you know, because I guess maybe they just like the carnage. I just, <laughs> I've always thought if you just skip down on lap one and then pick it up later, uh, we'd do better with that. But we get a weekend preview Portland um, next weekend. So, but let's talk a little bit about uh, the NASCAR Cup race at Watkins Glen, where we had a truly international field with drivers from seven different countries, which we've never seen in NASCAR before. <laughs> and one of those being Richard, your old friend, Kimi Raikkonen. So, uh, <laughs> You want to talk about how uh, how Kimmy fared in his first cup start? Because uh, I, I don't think he embarrassed himself at all. I think he uh, oh. impre- impressed a lot of folks. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, th- I think, um, you know, th- there was a little bit of a, in, in the build up to it, I know NASCAR had been pushing this quite hard, the seven different, you know, nations of competing in. In all fairness, it was pretty pathetic seeing some of the comments on social media about uh, having these guys over. You know, I think they should be encouraged and it should be embraced and uh, we should enjoy having some of these world-class drivers over here playing their trade and bringing a new dynamic to the series. I think uh, people that complain about bringing these guys on board are, are pretty so pretty pathetic, really. Um, well, but, I, uh, I mean, reading NASCAR social media comments is, you know, something I, 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 only, I only tend to try to do that when I feel like my IQ points need to be lowered. 
So, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it, it was a shame to read some of those comments. I must admit, because I think they're, uh, you know, on the whole, people should be should be a little bit better than that and encouraging. I know it's not NASCAR and all this sort of stuff, but get over yourself, guys. Anyway, I, I, moving I, on. I could moving have, on. I kind of appreciated that NASCAR's coverage of of the international part, like comments from outside people aside, I appreciated that NASCAR. In some ways, it felt like they humbled themselves a little bit to actually honor people outside of those disciplines that were coming to race in their field and their accomplishments. And I thought that was awesome to see that exercise because then you're actually broadening the reach of motorsports, not just trying to funnel it, saying, oh, hey, yeah, you've come to our house now. And it, it's more of like, hey, this guy in F1 was absolutely epic. And then not to mention Rockefeller being in the field and Joey Han, yeah. a handful of others. Um, it was good to see the diversity. Joey Hand, yeah, well, so. he's, yeah, you know, uh, you know, road specialist for sure, yeah. But no, I, I think you know, looking if you if you isolate, you know, Riken's performance there, you know, uh, never yeah, he'd done a shakedown at VAR. Oh, and people were complaining about that how NASCAR changed the rules to suit um, to suit Kimmy to give him that shakedown at VIR, but uh, I, I don't think that was the reason they changed the rules. I think it's good to try and give these guys a little bit of track time before they do jump into it in anger because, you know, it, it can be dangerous, you know, if you you don't want to be going through your rookie orientation with, with 40 of these other guys thrashing around next to you. But, and obviously, we do have to remember that Kimmy has driven these, or not these cars, but yeah, a truck and an Xfinity car in the past. So he's not a completely new environment to him but those are both on ovals so um you know and this is the next gen car and they're like so yeah he was it was pretty new disappointing but um you know for him to jump in the car have what was it like a 20 minute practice session on a saturday morning which had a, at least one red flag thrown in there um and then and then go straight into qualifying now reading the report that the qualifying was basically for for, for Riken in a, an extended practice session uh you know no no concept of trying to do a fast lap and he still managed to put it in there in what P27 or something ahead of a couple of uh, more experienced, uh, you know, regular NASCAR, you know, races. So that was pretty impressive. Um, and then, a, you know, a, a, a pretty comfortable start to the race. I think he'd, he'd actually made his way before, you know, and obviously in the wet, this was at the start of the race with the delay there. Uh, you know, I think he'd made it up to about P20 or something before the pit stop started to happen. So he'd, he picked up a few spots early on, aided by a couple of guys falling back. But he'd, he'd picked up a few spots there. And then, because um, through the pit stop cycles and people coming in to take uh, dry tyres earlier, uh, you know, he shuffled into the top 10. And I think at the end of stage one, he was 10th and then got into ninth after Gilliland lost an axle. Um, but no, it was a, you know, it was an impressive uh, run without any hesitation. And, you know, if the race had run its course, I'm, I'm almost certain you'd have seen him top 20, maybe even the top 15 run. Um, and, and for a guy who, you know, never really driven or hasn't driven a car like that in 10 plus years um, was a remarkable result. And um, Kimmy's one of those guys that I think is just a natural driver. I think you see a lot of guys, um, you know, from Formula One going to different disciplines and struggle a little bit, especially when they're going to tin top racing, um, as opposed to open wheel. But I, I, I firmly, strongly believe that Kimi is just one of those raw talents, 
um, that can, you know, can drive anything fast. I mean, I think if you put him in an IndyCar, you know, he'd be up there instantaneously. Uh, in the same way that Alonso was was competitive, you know, when he first went to the 500. Um, and maybe some of the other guys aren't quite so competitive. Um, but no, uh, really, hats off to Kimi. Did a fantastic job. Um, fantastic. Uh, drive, you know, unlucky to be caught out indirectly by Ross Justin, surprisingly enough. Um, but, you know... Yeah, yeah Ross yeah. Chastain is now a verb, right? You've been chastained. Yeah, to be chastained. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, Teammates, but, too, uh, at that point. Too. Exactly, yeah, well, yeah. Indeed, yeah. But, you know, I, I really don't think, apart from a finish, you know, you could have asked for more from Kimmy. And who knows? Would you like to see him back in the series? Yeah, because I think he could definitely bring something. You know, he's still, you know, 41. So he's, he's not, you know, on the young side of the scale, you know, the spectrum. But he's, you know, as fit as anything, you know. Um, dare say it compared to a lot of the other guys he's racing against. Uh, but, you know, you've got you've to take care of the guy. And, uh, you know, really look, you know, I really do hope he dips his toe back in there, you know, maybe for an oval. Uh, as well, not just another road course, and uh, you know, gets a bit of time under his belt, and uh, can do some testing there, and, and really develop it because he, um, yeah, I think he's a breath of fresh air to the the team and uh, or to the sport and the series. And I must admit, it was refreshing watching a uh, a post race interview or a you know, post medical centre interview, for want of a better word, and the driver actually told you what happened rather than spouting off a list of his sponsors. Yeah, I mean, I tell you what, is I enjoyed, like, even after his initial practice run, whenever Parker Kligerman was uh, of NBC Sports was over there talking with him and, like, actually getting, like, you know this, and we're all not immune to this. If you're going to ask Kimi stupid questions, you're going to get stupid answers. But, like, the dialogue and the transitions and Kimi actually breaking down, like, what he felt, what he was learning, what it was great to hear that kind of feedback on that too um yeah i'm a little biased i mean uh, i love me some kimi raikkonen i think he's probably to, to richard point we talk about some of the best drivers in the world i look at the last 25 years i would say he's probably in the top 10 for the most adaptable talents oh, that have trend that could transcend motorsports because they could race he's raced everything from rally to f1 to trucks to cup i'd like to see him in an indy car if he goes to indy car yeah. he'd probably be you know I mean, Grosjean hadn't won an, in, an IndyCar yet, and Grosjean damn sure didn't win when him and Kimi were teammates while Kimi was winning at Lotus. So, uh, yeah. I don't know if Grosjean wants to. Oh, see that, yeah. And it, and it was it was refreshing to to hear an interview with a driver who hasn't been through that, um, you know, NASCAR media centric playbook mm -hmm. of you know, you know, you ask the question and they give you an answer, not the answer the sponsors want to hear you say, and not the sort of faux aggressive answer that some of the drivers give. You know, Kimmy's like, yeah, you know, he's giving real genuine honest answers and is a breath of fresh air to the sport. I really think it is. And I think a lot of guys could learn from that. You know, um, everybody knows who sponsors are of cars and, you know, you've got it plastered all over your overalls. It's one of the things that I hate about NASCAR is the way that the, the drivers just like spout out the name of their sponsors, parrot fashion in every answer to every question. It's like, Oh, we had a great car today. The guys worked hard. You were running thirtieth. You didn't have a great car. The guys weren't working hard. You know, don't give that corporate, put it bluntly, bullshit every week. Sell it, tell it how it is. If you're running thirtieth and the handling was bad and you hit the wall, say the car was crap. 
and we need to work harder. Not this, oh, you know, my guys work. No, come on. Uh, it, 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 you know, say it how it is. Don't I hate this like powder puff answer they always give to a lot of these questions. You know, Kimmy's great. I love him for that. Yeah, Kimmy's always been kind of no holds barred in an interview. He'll tell you exactly what's on his mind. Yeah. So, yeah. but I mean, uh, sorry, if he ever if he ever was in NASCAR full time with the big team, the PR people would have a stroke every time he had given an interview. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, my gosh, to see him holding off, uh, what, what was it? Was it Chase Elliott? Chase, yeah, Chase Elliott. Yeah, yeah, Chase Elliott, who's NASCAR's resident road course ace. Yeah, Kimmy, yeah. Kimmy uh, took that boy to school for a little bit before he let him go. So yeah, yeah. that was great. To I was big. I was, I was honestly kind of hoping that after he got punted in the tire barrier, he'd just get out, and go find a boat somewhere, sit on it, watch the rest of the race because there was enough rain there. I'm sure there was something yeah. <laughs> outside, but uh, you know, reminiscent of the old McLaren days at Monaco. Yep, just go home, sit on a boat, sit in a boat. Yeah. So let's uh, well, let's talk about the the rest of the race other than Kimmy, uh, which we did have a wet start, which is very. You know, uncommon in the Cup Series. We've seen a number of third you know, time, I think, wasn't it? As I was going to say, we've seen a number of Xfinity races running the rain, but uh, it's kind of you know, they've lucked out a little more in the Cup Series. So, um, so I mean, hats off to the guys that got through the first couple of laps rather cleanly. You know, a couple guys uh, spun off, but uh, no contact. And of course, again, we're yeah, talking but- we're talking about NASCAR at Watkins Glen, where where track limits um, mean nothing. Um, so. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so but it was. Uh, did NASCAR, in all fairness, NASCAR did sort of chicken out a little bit and go for the single file start and restart. Yes, where, yes. You know, <laughs> you come on. The, you know, it's one of these things that frustrates me when they do things like this. Now I understand when it's dangerous. I get danger. I understand that part of it. But these guys are in the upper echelon. Even the guy who's running 40th is still in the upper echelon of drivers in the world. They can drive in the rain, and they can drive too wide on a restart in the rain. Don't give it all this crap of, oh, well, you know, just too wide restarts and starts. Come on, get on with it, boys. This is, no, sorry. Yeah, it is odd. Those guys are afraid of a little rain. Yeah, because the. <laughs> but anyway, so I mean, we saw a couple of guys have good performances all day. Michael McDowell was right in the mix a lot of day, as was Tyler Reddick. Uh, obviously, Chase Elliott and and Kyle Larson were dueling for the win there at the end. Um, a little little contact between the two of them on the last restart, which turned out to be. Uh, you know, I, I think the announcers were making that to be much more controversial than oh, actually, God, it was nothing. actually was. Yeah, it didn't look didn't look like much to me, but it, it was so funny in the post race interview. The um, uh, whoever was uh, interviewing um, uh, Chase Elliott there was uh, like trying was to fishing for that. He was trying try, trying to goad something out of him. Oh, how are you going? What are you going to say when you get back to the shop? And 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 Chase, of course, just towed the corporate line and said, "Want to congratulate Kyle? He did a great job. The great for the team that we get a win." And blah 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 blah. Wouldn't wasn't having any of it. So it was uh, yeah, because I had watched the replay. I'm like, okay, I'm not sure what we're. You know what was yeah. what, what was so bad here? It's not as if I mean you know, he, he ran him wide. You know, it's a classic. It's, you know, a, it's a road course move. Road yeah. races move. Yeah, you, know, you, yeah, you, you so. run the guy off the road as long as it's not dangerous. I mean, and the concept of track limits certainly doesn't apply in NASCAR at Watkins Glen. You know, there's two or no, three corners no. where well, there's three corners where they well, uh, say at turn one they just totally ignore it. Turn one, turn six. Um, 
yeah, you know, they, they, they just keep going until they, you know, look at Sonoma, you know, where the bay past the carousel, they just keep, you know, going as wide as they like. It's a little bit silly, I think. But, uh, yeah, there was nothing wrong with that move. And as you say, the, the, the announcers were massively fishing for a controversy there. And, uh, yeah, they, they didn't get why. I don't think there's any, you know, I mean, I'm sure Chase is a bit pissed that he probably let it happen more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. And then, then of course, I think he dropped second place to, uh, I, I think, Logano. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but, uh, yeah. At, at the end of the day, so we, you know, we've got another, another Watkins Glen run in the book, uh, fairly entertaining race always is. They, they always put on a pretty good show there. Uh, so now we're, we're headed towards the last race of the regular season. It looks as if, uh, Chase Elliott has clinched the regular season championship and there is one spot left available. Um, and you got Blaney and Truex are, are the, the two guys points wise who get in there, but there's a slew of guys, um, eight or eight or nine guys that, that with the wind could get themselves in. There's a f- couple guys. I think they said, well, Corey, the is officially eliminated. Even with the wind, yep. he can't get in. And, uh, one other driver, I forget who the other one was. Um, yeah, I saw that as well. I can't think it was yeah, but, yeah, but, but, yeah, but there's a number of guys that could that could snatch a win and, and take that away from my. I think it was, was it Ty Dillon? Maybe I don't know. I don't I know, but I, but, 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 I, but, but I know I know for sure. Yeah, Corey LaJoy is out, and there, there's actually some sort of uh, rumblings that he may not even race Daytona, which is which I find odd. Um, so. But yeah, uh, so Cody Ware and Corey LaJoy. Cody Ware, yeah, that's right. I knew it was two two guys whose yeah. names started. So with you've C, got yeah. one, two, what? Hang on, one, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 guys potentially could get in. Yeah, fifteen. Right. So right. sixteenth through the thirtieth still have a chance. And, 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 you've, but, and, uh, and you've got guys yeah. that, that are capable of winning in there. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, and you've of got course, str- you know. Yeah, they, you they, mentioned. They, sorry, Kozlowski. You know, you mentioned earlier before we came on air. You know, Stenhouse has won. Stenhouse won there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So because uh, Daytona's a crapshoot, anybody could win that. You have yeah. the big, you have the big one, and then suddenly somebody you're not, you know, a Chris Busher or somebody's in the lead, right? That that's another guy yeah. who can sneak his sneak his way in. So, and then of course the uh, continuing saga of, of of Kurt Busch still goes on. We don't know. Um, he's supposed to be back for Daytona, but I don't know. Um, he's officially out for Daytona. Oh, he's officially out for Daytona. Supposed to yes. last be we heard, su- supposed to be back for the playoffs. So, Correct. but uh, but yeah, but if uh, yeah, like I say, it's 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 it's, it's going to come down to one of these one of these guys, and um, you know, it's really it's honestly it's a must win for Blaney or Truex because there's a bunch of other guys that could win. Um, you know, I mean, they're, 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 their best hope is that we have a repeat winner, you know, chase, chase Elliott or Kyle Larson or, uh, you know, or Kevin Harvick wins there at Daytona. So, but, um, yeah, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to watch and see how it all plays out. Um, so we'll see, I guess, uh, Ty, Ty Gibbs is still going to be in that 45 car once again. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the word. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, Joey, you care to try to pick a winner for Daytona? I know it's a crapshoot, but Bubba Wallace. But that's another guy who can get in with the win for sure. Yeah, he's and he's uh, he's honestly performed well at Daytona in the past and uh, all the other plate races as well. Winner at Talladega last year. So, but I I will go with uh, Keselowski. 
uh, since I did mention it before the show off the air. So now with that, <laughs> with, <laughs> plus, you know, I mean, you know, Brad's my guy. It's uh, he's had a tough year this year since he's left Penske race. And I'd like to see something good happen for him. So that being said, um, Richard, so uh, some news in Formula One regarding Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, the worst kept mid-season, uh, mid, uh, you know, mid-season break rumor uh, is that, um, uh, you know, Danny Rick has had his contract mutually terminated by, by McLaren, uh, opening the door for, uh, we imagine, Oscar Piastri to, step in um, or any one of the other plethora of McLaren drivers that seem to be available at the moment. But um, yeah, it, it just hasn't really worked for Danny at, at, um, at McLaren. You know, you, you look back at, you know, he's late, you know, after leaving Red Bull, you know, the sort of the Renault thing was a false dawn and uh, you think, well, you know, gets into McLaren. Yeah. He, uh, he'll be a great, great fit for the team, but it just, something just hasn't clicked for him. I mean, obviously, Goodness me! I mean, they they did win, you know, Monza last year in, in quite impressive uh, style with a one-two, leading home uh, Landon Norris, the teammate there. But um, outside of that, it's um, it's been a struggle for for Ricciardo and out qualified and outperformed on, a, on a, especially this year a fairly regular basis by by Landon Norris there, and um, you know he, he was on the back foot. Even during pre-season testing, you know, McLaren obviously had a lot of problems with, with their brake ducts and the overheating of the brakes and melting braking components, and they lost a lot of track time uh, pre-season. And I think that probably, you know, impacted them quite badly. Um, but it, you know, it, it does open up the question of, of of where next for for Ricciardo. And I think there's one of four seats really are still available, obviously to directly replace. Um, or indirectly replace Piastri at uh, Alpine, um, which would be in a you know quite a, a turnaround considering the uh, the way he left the team two two years ago when there was the Renault organisation uh, initially Gerson McLaren. Uh, then there's the um, Alfa Romeo Sauber team who we all imagine in the next few weeks will be announced that um, uh, Audi are buying a substantial share in that team. And will be rebadged, rebadged as the um, Sauber Audi team. Um, or there's then probably the lesser of the the four options would be uh, the receipt available at Haas if if Mick Schumacher moves on as expected, um, or uh, the, the 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 Williams drive to replace Nicholas Latifi, um, which you know is probably the, the the least favorite of the four. But I think as a as an image and an icon as a brand. Ricciardo fitted really, really well at Williams. You know, he, he, you know, Williams obviously owned by a, an American consortium in Dalton Capital. Uh, we all know that Danny Ricciardo spends a lot of time in the US, has a big fan base in the US, especially through the Drafts to Live series. Big, big NASCAR fan, big, big fan of Dale Earnhardt Sr. And, uh, you know, spends a lot of time in Vegas and places like that. So I think that would be a good fit from that side of things. But, um, I really hope he stays, you know, because he's undoubtedly a top, top driver. It just. Yeah, he's probably probably the out. most desirable free agent in Formula oh, One right, right now. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, the problem is a lot yeah. of the, you know, a lot of the top seats are spoken for. Um, and, and this is, you know, it is rather late in the going. Um, you know, when we're talking about contract negotiations, I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not, I mean, as, uh, it's not as late as, uh, 
what uh, what McLaren pulled with James Hinchcliffe in the IndyCar series a while back. No. Uh, but but it is it is kind of you know deep into the um to the uh, yeah, but, summer break where a lot of these deals are made. Oh, and 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 you know if you read Ricciardo's comment, he did say you know after you know discussions over you know uh, recent months with with Zach Brown. So obviously this has been something that's been on the table. For a while now, so you know th- these guys aren't aren't stupid. He, you know, Danny would have had his, um, you know, and his group, his people would have had, um, you know, feelers out if you like within, you know, other teams and other organisations with, with all the comings and goings. So I think we'd be, be a pretty um, pretty safe bet that um, you know he's got at least one or two contracts on the table for him. Um, so yeah, I expect him to be back and I really do hope that he is back and that he does a good job there. I do recall reading a blurb somewhere that, that Alpine, uh, despite the past would be, would be happy to, uh, speak with Ricardo about, uh, oh, going and, back and, to the and team. I yeah. Doubt, so, yes. And I mean, I think when you also, the other, the other aspects of this, obviously the, the previous, um, issues should we say that you know a lot of people um you know who, who used to be there are no longer there um you know there's a new management structure there at alpine and, and maybe that that's all sort of forgotten about now um but but when a driver of you know daniel's quality is undoubtedly available on the market you know you do look at it um so yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens you know i really hope that uh, you know he does stay in the sport i think he deserves to be in the sport I think the fact that McLaren have actually released him rather than farmed him out to another one of their series does show his dedication to the sport and other the series and wants to stay in the series. So, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see where we go from there and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I hope he sticks around for a while longer because I think not only as a driver he has real real ability, but also as a personality, I think he, he fits into the series very very well. Yeah, I think he's very important to the series as a personality for sure. He's one of the he's one of the big stars that that fans just can't get enough of. You know, he's like a yep. like like a Tony Kanan or Elio Castro Nevis and that kind of a sense there. But but really, right, what I'm really interested in is what a Piastri um, Lando Norris pairing looks like at McLaren. We're talking about two relatively <laughs> young. Two relatively aggressive, very fast guys, um, you know, you know, gunning it out there. And I don't know if we're going to we're going to go ahead and, and give Lando the number one status or we're going to let them fight it out. But I'd be really right. interested, interested to see how that goes on the track next year. Yeah, I think you, you by default, Lando is going to be the lead driver in that pairing. Um, I think it just fits, you know, right, for want of a better word. Um you know, I, I think that where um, where he oh, the 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 level of respect he commands within the organisation and the team will lead that naturally, and that's not to say that Piastri is not um, you know a high high value commodity within the team and a high you know a talent, but I I, I don't think that um, he will. Um, you know, jump in there, you know, straight off the bat and be be, be the guy. Um, I think it's going to take some time for that to happen. Yeah, but again, but you know what I mean by when I say, you know, the number one driver, because there are, you know, oh, lead, sure. there are lead drivers in the team. Then then there are, you know, number one drivers in a team, 
where where oh, they, cool. they where they they dictate which equipment they get and what their teammate can and cannot do. Uh, you know, you, I, know I, you know, and I don't and think, I think I don't think Lando's there. You know, he's no. certainly certainly not a Schumacher or a Hamilton or a yeah, you know, or a Nigel Mansell. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, and, so. Nigel, so then, if you I mean, if you recall, good old Nigel Mansell was was getting beat kind of. Uh, squarely by ricardo patrese the first couple of races in 93 until i think he had a talk with uh with frank and said look who's the number one around here so and then i mean that would have been quite impressive because they were racing in different series in 93 uh 92 i think mansell won the first four races in 92 I, okay so 91 <laughs> Nine, nine, 91, 91. Sorry. Right, yeah, nine, no, nine, nine. <laughs> hey, look, I'm, I'm an old guy. These years, plenty of 91. Patrese beat Massel a couple of times. Mm. And then, then the one, then, then when 92 opened up, yeah, Nigel took on a tear. He just, yeah, Nigel won the first four, and I think four in a row. Yeah, sure did. Centered yeah, so. at uh, Monaco, didn't they? I think it was, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, but, um, Anyway, that's uh, well off topic. Anyway, so. moving on. Yeah. Anyway, move, <laughs> moving on. So, so the other interesting thing with McLaren is now we have um, signed Renee Rand to uh, their Formula E team. Okay, so that's at least one of their Formula E seats taken up. And there's still some speculation that Felix Rosenqvist to be in the other Formula E car, right? Uh, but we know at least one of those seats are taken up. But the interesting thing that's happened on the heels of the Ricardo announcement is that 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 all of the social media posts on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter uh, that mentioned McLaren signing Alex Pillow have been deleted. So what we don't know is that is, is McLaren backpedaling on maybe they haven't signed Pillow or are they uh, taking this down while the legal action resolves itself or while the legal action is resolved because uh, we know it's not going to resolve itself. Uh, so, but but it is an interesting development uh, when, when you consider that they've already, you know, committed to an IndyCar. They're committed to Rossi and Award for two of the cars. And Felix has been showing his worth lately. Um, and then then and, and Chip's making it very difficult for um, this whole thing to move forward with uh, Polo moving to McLaren. So you, you, you got to wonder where, where the state of that that sits. Joey, you heard anything on that or no? No, I haven't heard anything. I mean, good luck getting any any news from Ganassi uh, related to this topic. I, yeah, I this whole development. I mean, obviously it's unprecedented, right? I mean, we've never seen a situation like this where the reigning champ driving for the team he won the title with is in the middle of a lawsuit battle, and there's the whole well, you know, McLaren's offering the whole opportunity f1 opportunity which what does that really mean it, it just means testing let's be honest right yeah. now with the way that this is all orchestrated he's going to be in a situation like colton and Pato was and get some some testing i mean and i've said this to on air to to you guys too and, and richard knows how much I'm, i look at polo and i'm like everybody's talking Pato and colton why aren't we talking about polo i know he's 25 but the kid's already accomplished came in and kicked ass and done what he needed to do and he's shown his pace um if somebody's going to get an F1 shot out of IndyCar, I'd expect it to be him. But um, yeah. that said, you know, I don't think those shots are going to exist for a minute. Um, but 
you know, all in all, I, man, I, I really don't know where this is going to play because I mean, it, one move one way or another is going to completely tilt the tables. I, I will say this. If we don't get to see Alex Pillow race at all next year in anything, uh, that'll be the most demoralizing thing at all of all things, because he is a, an incredible talent, a very likable personality. I think this is one of those situations where it's a really difficult thing with the way that the business operates. I think there should be clarity on the business end. And I'm not saying that we need to make every personal thing, the detail of drivers and teams public, but there, I feel like there needs to be some sort of kind of like Colton Herta talked about on a uh, recent uh, post post-practice post-race topic was, you know, having it to where things are a little bit more in the driver's favor as far as driver options and controls and dictatings like that. And, you know, I mean, usually we're not immune to this, right? Like the first deal is a, a friendly deal because you're just trying to make your foot in the door. The second deal is going to be something that's a little looser. And then by the time you're up there on the new garden level, you could probably dictate your own terms to a point. So um, it's all a progression. And I just think this is one of those things that I've, I've heard rumblings that Polo didn't make a ton of money at Ganassi last year, unless he won the championship. So, um, maybe this is one of those situations where, you know, you follow the guaranteed money and that's what you chase, but there's clearly loopholes in there. So long-winded answers. I hadn't heard a thing. But <laughs> oh yeah. But let, 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 let's... <laughs> Wow, good job! You hadn't heard anything, wasn't it? We've been here all. Yeah, time. yeah. So, but let me, but let me ask you this, just to, just, just to throw this out, okay? Um, okay. So, so hypothetically, say, Chip Ganassi is successful with his lawsuits, and Polo returns to Ganassi next year. Okay. All right. So, I mean, how fractured is that relationship going to be? You know, because I really don't. I haven't heard anything really ill spoken from either party about the other you know nothing horrible uh you know as, as a matter of fact you know the ganassi people have been very said no we we intend to do the best we can this year and and fight for the championship and and of course pelo has been very careful not to say anything really demeaning towards his team other than the other than the fact that i didn't make those quotes so you got to wonder how easy it is to move on if that situation arises where he ends up right back at Ganassi making the smaller salary that uh, <laughs> that he was contracted to in the first place. And, and you just wonder how that plays out. Well, I mean, I, I personally or, or, think, or, it, or if that's even possible. I mean, personally, if so in, in, the, in the situation, in the speculative situation that you just drew up, the hypothetical situation, um, you know, I look at it, Chip likes winners, Chip knows the business. I think it's a situation that if this was this big of a deal, Alex Pillow is not running in the top 10, even if he's being, you know, doesn't have access to the same data as a lot of the other drivers during the week. You go look at the tape for the, since the incidents happened and go look at where he's running at mid Ohio and, and all these other places. I think Toronto was the only bad uh, performance really that existed. I mean, the opening half of these races, he's over here lighting it up, running in the top five. I mean, the pace is... He got a podium at Nashville, didn't he? Yeah, like the, the pace is clearly still there. He's not He's not letting... And I'll tell you what, if that's another thing, that shows me he's got so much damn mental toughness that it's not even funny. To handle this at this stage, at this level, um, 
I mean, it's just incredible. So I, I think there's a way to do it. I think Zach Brown put a whole lot of people on notice of, hey, you want to hold on to your good drivers, you better hold on to them because we're we're coming and we're coming after everybody. And I think this put Chip on notice because if Chip thinks he's got the net, you know, a Scott Dixon-esque driver for the next 20 years, well, let that be a lesson to Chip that, you know, you got to hold on to those boys. So uh, I, I don't think it would be a fractured relationship. I think every, you know, this, I mean, every, every relationship goes through things. We all, we all go see teams go through things. And it's one of those situations of, I mean, I, you think back to some of the things that Elio went through with Pinsky and Pinsky was in his corner and, you know, back uh, the tax situations back in the day. And that could have easily been a nope, goodbye. Have a good one. Bye-bye no we're here for you so i think that there's a rally there i think polo loves his team i think he loves the, the the pit crew and everybody that's on there so i wouldn't think there's any ill will um you know that the kicker is is i don't know what this is the thing that's bothered me and i i gotta say this you think back to when this all happened chip ganassi racing came out and said what they said mclaren racing said what they said the only thing that I never understood is why couldn't it be both? And the only reason why is because Pelot said, I will not be coming back to Ganassi. I'm, you know, doing this and this and this. Thank you. Da, 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 da. So Pelot doesn't say anything. I look at it like, why couldn't he be a McLaren racing driver going and doing testing in a Formula One car for one year, being with Chip on the pickup option. And then after that year is over, McLaren gets to dictate where they want to put him, whether it's their Formula E category, their IndyCar guy to replace somebody, there, you know, maybe he ends up progressing on the F1 testing and they have him fully immersed over in Europe. They could have gone a plethora of different ways with that and really played with the words on that to say, hey, yeah, you're a McLaren racing contract driver and you're racing with Ganassi for the final year of the contract, but like kind of like being a developmental driver at a different team. Callum Eilat, Ferrari Academy, a driver racing an Indy car with Yukos, like it well, just... Montoya was the same, wasn't it? When he was, yep. um, uh, you know, first with um, with, um, with Ganassi, Williams. yeah, yeah, he yeah. was he was loaned, he was loaned yeah. to Williams, yeah, in exchange for Zanardi, yeah, so yeah, Zanardi moved over to Williams and it just picked the most god awful time where Williams had the worst car that they've had, uh, after yeah. a stretch, stretch of having really good cars. Yeah, I mean, Zanardi gets over there and the car's a pig. Well, so, Gana- uh, that was Ganassi's second, or that was Zanardi's second attempt over there, too. Let's not forget. So. Yeah. Right, the, right, yeah. yeah. The, 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 but who says that that little situation that Richard and Frank, y'all just kind of talked about, who says that's not what we end up seeing materialize and manifest out of this, what what the new terms might be? You know, maybe it becomes a, hey, yeah, you're, you're there for a year. It's more or less a loan situation, but you're already tied to it to this will alter the terms of the agreement and da, 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 da. it may not, but it may. Um, but yeah. Cause, cause you've got, of. you've got Colton doing testing with McLaren as a, you know, shared option with Andretti, you know, so, and of course, the, of course, um, of course Zach, Zach and Michael get along famously, but uh, you know, Chip and Zach do not. Yeah. Well, this, I, um, <laughs> is, is uh, IndyCar aligned with the FIA? Um, not in a way that they need to be. Okay. Because uh, I mean, obviously the FAA have their like contract recognition board or whatever it's called, which is obviously what Piastri and Alpine will be going through. I just wonder if eventually you'll get to that level of 
No, uh, I mean, you know, it's kind, of fun. it's kind of funny you say that, though, because I've often wondered if there are certain stipulations within a leadership circle, um, you know, like IndyCar's version of the charter system that uh, play with that, those, those type of details. Um, I do think at some point we're going to see a closer bond with the FIA and IndyCar at some point, because I think that it's going to be a matter of time before, uh, you know, I've, I've said this for a while to a lot of people is, is when you start looking at Dan Anderson and, and Indy Pro 2000 and USF 2000, and the way that develops, but you look at how the USF three, USF four, those Honda scholarships are starting to funnel their way to Indy lights, which is owned by IndyCar, but the other two th branches of the road to Indy below Indy lights or sorry. Yeah. Indy lights, not IndyCar, but, um, you know, you got the whole road to Indy, USF 2000, Indy Pro 2000, owned by Dan Anderson. Indy Lights, IndyCar, owned by Penske Entertainment. You start to look at those things, and it's like, if you're really trying to build this to the FIA, you let the FIA come to Indianapolis and have another F1 race there. You start to look at the way the parts and moving pieces go with the U.S. series, which the SCCA, FIA, U.S., F3, F4, they all have this kind of unique situation playing out so i'm kind of curious if if we see a redesign or a redevelopment of the latter series and maybe that helps funnel over more of that bond within the fia uh, you know in indycar i i don't know if it'll be in two years five years ten years but i do think at some point it makes more sense to happen in some ways it helps may who knows maybe that's also a better way to help the licensing system to get indycar drivers over to f1 for that matter too uh not that yeah, we well i like a I, I, series but but yeah. Yeah, but the IndyCar and IndyCar Championship does guarantee you a super license. It's 40 points right there. Yeah. Yeah, but if so. you go through the European ladder, turning up at one race guarantees you a super license pretty much. Yeah, that's that's true too. Well, yeah, isn't there gotta... like something found that, that like if you win the cup type championship, it's worth the equivalent of winning an Indy Pro two thousand title? Yes. Oh, it's something Yes, yeah, the cup, the cup oh, champions, no. cup championship doesn't count for much if uh, if you want an FIA super license. So that's why Kimmy's yeah. coming over over here, but you're not seeing Kyle Larson go over there. So <laughs> that being said, another bit of news: uh, Andretti Autosport has uh, unveiled plans for a massive uh, new facility in Fishers, Indiana, um, going to be called uh, Andretti Global Motorsport, uh, which is, uh, as a matter of fact, the you know, the moniker they were using for their um, F1 team. So they've got, uh, yeah. it's going to create about 500 more jobs in that area, which is great for that area. It's, uh, if you look at the plans, it's a beautiful facility. It looks similar to what McLaren's got out there in walking. So, um, where? Walking. Yeah, walking. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. Walking. Carry on. I always get that one wrong, and I do it just to make you mad, Richard. <laughs> Just, just to piss you off. <laughs> but, uh, but, but at the same time, it seems as if you know Andretti's effort to to get that Formula One team have really stalled. So, uh, but the fact that they're still building this massive facility, you know, it's it's it shows me that there must be some glimmer of hope somewhere. Well, uh, for, for them to do that, well, this but, is, but I can't. Nothing in their press release announces anything to do with Formula One, does it? No, no, no. no. Or, or it's Formula E team, for that matter. It's strictly IndyCar, Indy Lights, and IMSA is the only thing that they tapped on that press release. Yeah, right, I think with right. the way Formula... Now, well, the way Formula E used to work, and I don't know if it still does, it's been a while since I, I looked into it, but <clears throat> all the teams and all the cars, this was when, on the first generation, Garnier, it was actually based out of Donington Park. 
and um, that's where all the cars were held and maintained and built by individual teams because Dragon, uh, well, <clears throat> excuse me, Penske Dragon Racing were actually based out of uh, Los Angeles, and um, you know that's where their offices were and the engineering group were, but the actual car was um, maintained and developed out of uh, out of, of Donington. So I don't know if they still do that in. Formulary, I doubt it, but uh, Andretti may have a European base in Silverstone or wherever for Formulary. All right. So with that being said, we are out of time for this week. So, uh, uh, so next week we've got uh, another another off week for um, uh, both IndyCar and um, Formula One. NASCAR will be running at Daytona. And we'll be back with you folks in a week. I want to thank the Hoobazoo Radio Network. I want to thank Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. I want to thank you, Joey. And I want to thank you, Richard. And I want to thank you folks that uh, <laughs> listen to us week in and week out. Um, but until next week, good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.